Welcome to the Water Tower and Merry Christmas. This is a podcast that's a sort of spiritual reservoir or backup plan for anyone who might just need a little extra encouragement to make it through the week. I'm your host, Lee Younger from Christ Community Church in Oak Ridge, Tennessee. And if you stick with us all the way to the end, you'll hear a full list of credits, including ways to contact us. For now, enjoy episode 53 called Always Has Been by Nino Mishler.
This is from Ephesians chapter 1. With all wisdom and understanding, he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ, to be put into effect when the times reached their fulfillment, to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. Jesus, thank you. Thank you that at the close of what has been the most disorienting and confusing year, the year where we have lost our footing the most, the year where we have the most questions, the year where nobody seems to know which way is up and what to do, thank you that your word assures us that you've got the wheel, you're at the helm, you're in control of everything. It's God's mysterious plan to bring everything under your headship, under your control. Help us to learn what it means to trust this so that we can find peace, especially now at Christmas when you came as our Prince of Peace. We love you and we thank you. It's in your name we pray. Amen.
Jesus is in control of everything. He always has been. This is a good thought to hold on to in the year 2020. I'm going to give you a little history. I was the fourth of five sons born to Carl and Carolyn Mischler, two ex-hippies from the Los Angeles area who had found each other over a common love of psychedelic drugs and anti-establishment living in the early 60s, and then found Jesus together in the early 70s. My oldest brother, Coogan, was born in 67. He was followed by my brother, Maxwell, a year later. This was during the peak of my parents' drug-using, drug-running, commune-frequenting period. How they thought they could raise two young boys in such an environment is, well, it's a good question. I honestly don't have an answer, but as I said, they were using large amounts of psychedelic drugs and were not, as a rule, really thinking too far down the road. Okay, pause that story. I want to say that I think that people that really love Jesus, I mean, really love him, They have a place in their past that they almost equally fear. They love Jesus because he understands every nuance of why they fear it, and at the same time is a sort of fortress from it. It's not as if the love of Jesus causes us to somehow realize that the things we fear are not really scary after all. Actually, most of them become exponentially more frightening when the veil of the spiritual world is uncovered. You know, it's like Jesus' vast passion for us. It's that that overcomes fear. We can relax because he has our back. Those people who seem to love Jesus with fervor They cling to him because to do otherwise is a return to unimaginable fear. I've tried to tell my kids that there's nothing to be afraid of in the dark. But in the end, all they want is for mom or me to pull up a chair and sit with them in it. All right. 
before my dad passed in 2007, sometimes he'd tell the story of his conversion. In fact, pre-conversion stories were hard to get from dad because he only ever wanted to talk about Jesus. My parents found Jesus in a hippie commune in Southern California sometime in the early 70s. This was the time of the Jesus movement, and my parents were right in the middle of it. So what happened? What about the anti-establishment lifestyle? What about the free love and free wheeling? I wasn't there, but I think I know what happened. Fear. My parents weren't 20-something young anymore. The years of drug use were catching up. The experiment of attempting to raise two young boys while running drugs in and out of L.A. was failing. Big surprise. Simply put, they were afraid. Can you imagine how good the gospel of Jesus sounded to them? How impossibly one-sided this offer was? Now, to be sure, the Jesus movement of the 70s was the Wild West of Christianity. And my parents were discipled the way a 20-minute YouTube video makes me an expert on the Middle East. But if there's one thing you take away from this, it's this. Anyone who calls on Jesus in the face of fear will find him. And so the next 40 years of their journey with Jesus would bring them, well, three new boys. My older brother, Pete, then Nathaniel, that's me, and my younger brother, Jacob. It would also bring them heartache and beauty and epic highs, utter lows, But running through all of that like a cyclical theme, the safety found in the love of Jesus. In fact, if you ask anybody who knew my dad what he was like, they will always begin with some variation of, that guy loved to talk about Jesus. And the same thing is true of my mom. She always has one thing on her mind, Jesus. I said earlier that those people who seem to be in love with Jesus in a very real way have an almost equal and opposite relationship with fear. They seem to cling to Jesus in the way a child will cling to a parent who's about to walk out of the kindergarten room on day one. And maybe you're thinking to yourself, I love Jesus and I want to love him more. Are you saying I should be more afraid? Not at all. I would say... In fact, what I do is take a hard and courageous look at my own anger. Anger? I thought we were talking about fear. We were. But to speak of one is to speak of the other. Anger and its close cousin hate are always born out of fear. There are many people you probably know who would only reluctantly admit to ever being afraid. And I bet these are the same people who seem low-grade, angry all the time. Well, for me, it usually goes something like this. I'm driving. 
another driver does something that scares me, my heart rate jumps, and then I mutter something super unkind. It exits my heart and it's out of my mouth before I have a moment to think. Someone made me scared. Maybe for some of us it's harder to see. Maybe we don't think of it as anger. Or maybe we think that if we weren't angry, that would somehow be irresponsible. Wow. Think about it for a sec. If you believe in Jesus, what is there to be angry with? I've known many Christians who are about the same age as my parents who lived a much more obedient Christian life, at least on the outset. Yet they seem to be harboring a low-grade, slow-burn bitterness, irritation, anger. And I want to ask them, is it working? Are you less afraid? Do you know that Jesus is in control of everything he always has been. If anger and fear are the spiritual viruses of 2020, Jesus is the antidote. My parents bought into this idea from another young hippie couple who no doubt heard about it from someone who heard about Jesus from someone else who got it from another and another all the way backwards in time we could trace this spiritual lineage of joy back and back until you would eventually come to another young man and woman or more likely a boy and girl they were looking for a room to have a baby they were looking fear in the face pregnant unmarried unbelieved And they were offered a choice, fear and bitterness, or Jesus and joy. Take a moment and try to picture them. They were given a gift of joy in Jesus. They told others of this gift, who then told others, on and on forwards in time until it was your gift to open so when people ask you why you're not afraid you can say Jesus is in control of everything he always has been
first song today was I Heard the Bells on Christmas Day, performed by me. The second song was Nations That Long in Darkness Walked, performed by Christy Younger. My dear friend Nino Mishler brought us a message about fear and anger and what it means to love Jesus. He's not only a friend, but also a bandmate, a fellow prison ministry volunteer, and the most open and vulnerable pilgrim I know. Our benediction was Let Us Adore Him, performed by my daughter Anna back when she was about 11 years old. Musical score was I Know by Red Licorice, used by permission with musicbed.com. You are hearing this because of Ian Gerthert, a dude who is like that moment in a Charlie Brown Christmas when everyone collectively realizes what a nice little tree it is after all, and Christmas simply erupts into being right then and there. And our intro and outro music was by the one and only Jed Brewer of The Bridge Chicago. If you have feedback or just want to get in touch, please feel free to write us anytime. Watertowerpodcast at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at watertowerpod. Thanks for listening, and may the living water fill you up. And Merry Christmas.